Hi, and welcome back. This is the Judaism From Within podcast. I'm Simi Lerner, where we develop and discuss the philosophy and the thinking of Rav Shumshan Rafal Hirsch. We are continuing our journey through Chorev, and right now we're approaching Matzah. Matzah, I mean, we discussed Chometz in the last episode. We developed it on three levels. We first developed it as a principle of what it's giving over and how that reflected its severity. We then showed how it plays itself out through a narrative structure of its own. It tells the story of the Exodus. It goes through with the very prohibitions that the Talmud relates to us of Bal Yurah, Bal Yimotze, and Asabahanar, how it plays out the narrative of the Exodus. And all these come together to display our dependence on the Almighty, but not in a... Um, in a self-destructive form of dependence where we're crushed as individuals. That's really what we're going to develop this week because dependence on God is the key pillar of what makes the narrative of the Exodus meaningful. It wasn't just we were free as we developed, it was free to. It was free to then go and do something. It was free from the bonds of Egyptian slavery to the mission in which the Almighty was calling us on. This is a common idea popularized by Isaiah Berlin, of positive liberty and negative liberty. But this originates from Immanuel Kant, where he looks at the idea of acting on your desire, not being an expression of freedom, because you're pushed, you're compelled by external forces that are pulling you. Once you're free from desire, as he called it, you can then act on reason, you can act on a higher calling. This is the idea that Rav Hirsch is demonstrating. Through the Chomets, we recognize that we were dependent on the Almighty. We were socially and politically dependent to be taken out. So there was a context to us being taken out, and that's what's so key that Chomets gives over. It wasn't just, we were out. No, we were out in a context. We were out not to the whims of nature and the whims of ideology external to Egypt. No, we were dependent on the Almighty taking us out. We were taken out with higher purpose in mind. This is where the message of Matzah comes into play, because what is Matzah? Matzah is the positive expression of the principle. What is Matzah? Matzah is something that you've watched, you've guarded to make sure it doesn't turn into leaven. You've actively preserved the message that Chometz gives over in the negative. It's like an active expression of a change of allegiance. When it came to Paroi, we had a mission, we had a purpose. It was dark, it was immoral, it was out of line with our true humanity. We switched that allegiance. Switching allegiances doesn't involve being free to the whims of nature, as I mentioned, free to whatever next comes to grab us. Freedom to the Almighty, that is what is given over positively by Matzah. We sit and we eat matzah, primarily on the first night, during Seder night. And that really is the first point. I want to elaborate it further in reference to things that Rav Hirsch describes in other places of the added context of matzah, but at a most basic level, that's what matzah is. Matzah is the positive expression of dependence. Dependence not in a disheartening way, dependence as in the acceptance of mission, the acceptance of purpose. Because on the face of things, you would think that if Pesach represents pure, unadulterated freedom of the whim, you should eat loads of chomets on Pesach 
all day, independence is what we're talking about. But remember, it's not about independence in, a, in, in isolation. It's freedom in the broadest sense of the word, in the sense that you are contributing your powers and your energies to a higher purpose. But I want to add to this. When it came to matzah, it wasn't eaten in isolation. We don't have the carbon Pesach anymore, but it was eaten together with the carbon Pesach. And this is something Rav Hirsch develops further in his other works in relating to the carbon Pesach in relationship to matzah, that they should be held hand in hand. They should be done together. And why is it so key that they are done together? Because they are complementary messages. The carbon Pesach we don't relate to, but I mean, when I say we don't relate to it, I mean, we don't go around killing animals right now. But I just want to touch upon a few key factors that the carbon Pesach gave over, that why it's being eaten together with matzah makes it so impactful. So once again, to get into focus, matzah is giving over our political and social dependence on the Almighty. Chometz is independence. We actively demonstrate our dependence. And the word dependence once again means the commitment to the fact that God took us out, which means the commitment to the mission, the responsibility that he is inviting us on. What was the Karban Pesach? Now, amongst other things, Rav Hirsch looks at it as being the Jewish Magna Carta. Now, the Magna Carta was a document put together in the 12th century while King John of England was in rule. Basically, he was forced by his lords to commit or agree to certain rights and certain limits of power on the king. It's the sort of precursor to the Bill of Rights or the Universal Declaration of Human Rights. Now, the Magna Carta might have looked at, from our point of view, as something quite primitive, but it was a foundation. Rav Hirsch looks at the Karben Pesach as being a very similar foundation for the Jewish people. So what I'm going to do is go through a brief description of a couple of the components that were involved in the Karben Pesach and show how, from Rav Hirsch's viewpoint, they build us up as a people. They build us up as a people in the positive sense that makes our dependence on God. Dependence in the sense that we received and we were in need of receiving a mission that much more substantive. So what was the carbon Pesach, and why eating them together is very powerful? The carbon Pesach, obviously, we don't have it anymore, but we do have the symbolic representation of that on our Seder plate. So what are we going to do? What did we do back then? We took a goat or a lamb. We chose our family. We decided the family structure that we were having. And if our family size was too small to complete this lamb, you would have to seek out others to join in your group. There are many other components that were involved, but just to pick on these. Our relationship with God is one of a shepherd and a lamb. That is, gives over the implication that God is our shepherd and God is our leader and we depend on God. But it is also a goat. Now, a goat has that same characteristic, but there is a certain stubbornness. There is a certain self-confidence that a goat has, symbolically speaking, that a sheep doesn't have. Both of those characteristics Rav Hirsch sees as being essential in our relationship with God. There is self-confidence, but a recognition that we are going somewhere and we are being led. Another component. You could act for someone else. You could bring someone else in to your group. Rav Hirsch looks at this idea of shlichus, this idea to be able to act religiously for someone else. And the fact that we were all obligated concepts of equality and religious rights. Property you were able to own. Now, this sounds fairly obvious, but it wasn't obvious back then. Ideas of responsibility and religious responsibility. You could act religiously impactfully 
in the context of Egypt was unheard of. The priests were the ones who did this sort of thing. Individuals did not. The rights to property were being guaranteed by God. Not like we classically understand the idea of property rights being given to you by the state. This is something more inherent than that. The Jewish people are being given or being built up as a people as they leave Mitzrayim through the Karben Pesach. This building up is very impactful on the people leaving. That is why the Karben Pesach is so central. But just to add another component to it, we've spoken about how the individual is built up, but now let's talk about how the individual relates to the community. This is beautiful in reference to how the Torah looks at a classical idea of charity. In general, charity is looked at as that which you give to through your benevolence to he who needs it. But that's not the Jewish notion of charity, because tzedakah has at its root the idea of tzedek, which is an element of justice. Now, at the very foundation of the Jewish people's psychological structure, they're given individuality, they're given purpose, they're given rights, but they're also given the responsibility of how they look at their neighbor. And this comes together in what makes the Jewish people so unique. Classically, I've got a lot. You're begging, I'll give to you because I'm nice. That's not what the psukim tell us. If your house is too small to finish this carbon Pesach that you have, you seek out others to join in with you. You seek out he who doesn't have. That changes the perspective on what a carbon, what, what charity is. Charity isn't the poor begging the rich. At the core of tzedakah, it is the rich seeking out the poor to be able to fulfill their duty. Now, obviously, the poor doesn't have a right to it. No one has a right to your money, but you have an obligation, a duty, to give. That is a different conception of charity. So at the very foundational moment, when the Jewish people are leaving Mitzrayim, the key idea, we call it Pesach, the carbon Pesach. Why is it so central? Because it built us up. Now, if you take that in the context of matzah, Matzah is coming from a point of view of self-confidence, not a point of self-annihilation, depression. No. Hashem builds the Jewish people up before he takes them out of Egypt, giving them individuality, giving them responsibility, both social as well as religious, and defines how they join themselves together as a people. And in that context, we recognize through Matzah our dependence on the Almighty, and they're eaten together. This is what Matzah is illustrating to us. We are dependent on the Almighty. We put forward that positive statement that we were dependent on God when we left Mitzrayim, which gives the idea that there was purpose to our exodus. That purpose is at the core of the Jewish people's story. Thank you so much for listening. Have a lovely Pesach and uh, a wonderful Shabbos.